Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, and I'm still the pastor here at Hope Fellowship. Still. Uh, still. Pending. Pending. P- something. Pending the outcome of this this podcast. This podcast. Uh, in Hope, uh, or in Hillsborough, Oregon. So we've been just wrestling with each other. Not- so, well, let, let's just be. Let's be frank with everyone. Okay. You all, okay. A lot of, when Bobby and I get together, either on phone or like in person, like we are, we normally have a game plan. Like we've wrestled with stuff. We have tacks. We, we've done homework. We've, we've at least thought Outlines. through like an argument. So, so be careful how you present this because I might think that, you know, they lead them to believe that we have nothing uh, of any coherent thought or anything, anything, never mind, keep so going. So Bobby and I just, we, what we want to do right now is have a spontaneous discussion. Yes. On, on really uh, our joy and holiness in Christ. And we just want to say, man, there seems to be this idea in Christianity, um, maybe even about religion, that following religion can be boring. That you pursue yeah. God, you go through, you're reading the Bible, gather with church, and we do those things just kind of out of a duty, but there's no delight in it. Yeah. And we just want to take a little bit of time and, and say, no, uh, there is great joy in obeying the commands of Scripture because... You're looking at me like I'm supposed to know what you you're... were supposed to give this like, like I pitched it to you. Okay. And like, this is it. So because... I'm still kind of trying to figure out what you're wanting me to say. I got nothing. Okay. So Too spontaneous. Okay, very much so. No, there there is great joy. This is this is like exploding on us, Nick. Um there is great joy. Explosions of joy because of the grace of God within <laughs> a heart that's awakened us to a new life. Okay, let's let's just I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I'm done now. So so Bobby, Bobby's gonna wrestle for a moment. So uh, what we believe is that, like R- Romans 8 says, that God has saved us. It says in Romans 8, 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. So God saves us with the purpose of conforming us into the image of his son. And so what that means is that we are going to grow in holiness throughout our life. In fact, like uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I'm flipping over there. Ephesians 1 says, uh, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. So God's purpose in choosing us is our holiness. So what does that mean? Well, being holy means being devoted to God. So as we're being made into the image of God, uh, into the image of his son, we're being more and more devoted to God, meaning all that we do, like what we read in Colossians 3, 20 something, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it. I think that one's 1 Corinthians. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. That's Colossians Everything 3. we ought to do, everything we do ought to be done for the very glory of God, because that's whom we're devoted to. And what we want to say is that, man, obeying the commands of Scripture, to love one another, to, uh, to turn our cheek when we've been hit, to share, uh, to, uh, to seek reconciliation. We don't do those things out of, out of just pure duty, out of, well, this is just our moral obligation to do. 
But we do those out of the joy of becoming more and more like Christ. Because what we know in Romans 8 is those whom God predestined, he also called, justified, and glorified, meaning one day we will be in God's presence meaning we will see him for who he is, and we will enjoy him forever. And so in the meantime, as we live right now, as we pursue holiness, meaning pursuing Christ, obeying the very commands of Scripture, we're, we're increasing our vision of God. We're growing in our understanding of who he is. And as we do that, we're growing in our joy in Christ, which means that, that a Christian who, who receives Jesus Christ at like age 20, that when he becomes, uh, I don't know, 25, 30, 40, he ought to grow in joy in that time. It's not always like the, the you know, straight vertical like line, but through the, the ups and downs of trials and sufferings and the growing of our faith, we're growing in our joy in Christ because as we obey him, as we seek him, we're seeing him more clearly. Go. <laughs> All right. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing there. You said nothing that I would disagree with. Whew. Yeah. So wipe that sweat off your brow. Man, like seriously, I was uh, ready for the, well, actually. Actually. No, here's, here's what I would say. Um, and, and Randy Alcorn uh, posted an article. In fact, Desiring God posted it. Common Christian myths about happiness. And, uh, I, I, there is this sense in which I think Christians believe that they're supposed to, that holiness is not happy. And if, well, I would say that's actually a non-Christian belief. It, truly, it's not a Christian belief. That's not, that's not a biblical belief. No, uh, but I, I, I would but, agree but, and disagree. So and a lot I of, say this mainly for fun. Yes, yeah, sure. That. You're right. It's an unbiblical belief that many Christians hold. Yes. And, and part of that is that, well, because now I'm constrained, I'm constrained against my flesh to pursue godliness. Like, like God gives us these rules um, or commands to follow, and it feels restrictive. And it feels restrictive. Uh, and, and the truth be told, our flesh is with us every day. Uh, we're, we're called to put our flesh, to, to kill it, right? To die to ourselves, to die to our fleshly desires. It's so much easier to walk around in the flesh and just at, at the whims of whatever I feel, whatever my, my sinful flesh feels I want to do, I ought to do, and to obey those lusts uh, instead of uh, walking by the Spirit. Um, part, of, part of what I want to... Um, present and proclaim is that our greatest happiness, our greatest happiness is found when we're pursuing holiness. Like obeying the very commands obeying of God, doing the very, that which he calls us to do. Obeying the commands of God. Um, but it's, which would mean then the commands of God are, are not supposed to be like a burden that, no. that weigh us down, no. but more the commands of God might be like uh, for the, road, the railroad tracks that we're on and that, that we're obeying him and that uh, we're, they're, helping us, they're helping us know what it looks like so, to live for God, so to live by faith. Yes, and there's greater joy in that. Yeah. And there's greater joy not just in, in the day-to-day, even though it's hard, 
uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be happy well, all the time. Well, let's not let's not put hard and joy at odds with one another. No, that's and that's what I'm I'm about to do. Right, right. Because so, you're right. Living the Christian life is hard, but in that hardness, there's great joy. Like like killing sin. And that's hard and painful, but there's great joy because as we kill that sin, we see in greater measure God's glory and His grace and His compassion for us. Well, and 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 part of what I'm what I'm moving towards is happiness. If if depending on how we're using the word, if what we mean by happiness is uh, the consequential, current, uh, circumstantial feeling, like the right? immediate feeling, the immediate feeling of something of. Hey, I'm um, happy. Right? I got my ice cream cone. Uh, made me happy. It made me happy, right? Uh, that's not what we're in pursuit of as Christians. We're in pursuit of God's joy, right? Which is greater, deeper, richer. I mean, happiness is a is a stream. Joy is a river. Well, and I, I, mean, I, I think is, we all know that the things that we truly love, we often have to work hard for. Like, think of a doctor. He goes through seven years of med school, grueling, you know, tests and studying, residency. But what's the purpose? Is that at the end of it, he would be able to practice medicine and be able to help people. So he endures. It's hard things. But he does them for the joy set before him of, of, of being able to, to practice medicine. And we, in a so much greater way, we, we obey commands. We pursue God. We do that which he calls us for the eternal life that we know is in him and that we have in him that we would forever, ever enjoy him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm just I'm trying to remember where I was going. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just lost my thought. Uh, so another way to, uh, you know, you, you said that freedom, um, we often think rules is the, op- the absence of freedom. You know, as parents, we know the opposite. Like, we give our kids rules so they would have freedom. We tell our kids to be home at a certain hour. We tell our kids uh, to not punch one another. Uh, they can do certain things. And if they do these things, we give they have, they have maximum amount of freedom in there. But if they're going to punch, if they're going to go past curfew, if they're going to break the rules, then then there's lots of consequences to that. But as they stay within the framework that we give them, there's great joy and there's great privilege in that. And I think that's really what God's command does for us. It shows us, like like the book of Proverbs, it, it talks about all these things that we're called to do and how we live and how we live out wisdom. Or the book of James. James has like 52 commands in the five chapters. Uh, it's not a book that's meant to be restrictive, but it meant that sh- a book that's meant to show us how do we live out our faith in Christ? How do we live out this freedom that we have in Christ? Um, and as we see that, there's great joy in it. Maybe you can help. Uh, there's a couple books that have been really instrumental in coming to a better understanding. What, what books would those be that you'd recommend? Uh, I, for me, God is the Gospel. Uh, is is by J. Pip by J. Pip by John Piper. This is where I'm. This is where I, was, where I was trying to get. I call him J. Pip because, like, he and I are buddies. You know, like he and I, we've hugged. <laughs> that sounds weird. I'm sorry. I I, I wish this was a multimedia communication because I just rolled my eyes. Um, I love you, man. That was not a contempt. I met him at a DG conference. That was not a contempt at a Design God conference. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, uh, and I said, hey, can I hug you? Which I think he, like, reluctantly let me and probably had his, like, bodyguard there, like, ready to throw me off. But They took pictures of you. They cataloged it, was, it, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Um, okay, so this is, this is where I'm trying to go. Um, I, I think we look at holiness as a Christian often, and we see it as what we're supposed to do to continue be, to be accepted by God. Like, that is a default uh, viewpoint. So holiness is a means to holiness, salvation? Holiness, or it's a means to keep. Maybe even not necessarily means to, but it means to keep. Like, okay, so God saved you, now you're supposed to do this. And, and there's truth. There's truth. Ooh, that can become fun. Uh, yeah. So wait a minute. Wait well, let a minute. me finish. Let me okay, finish. Sorry. Let me finish. Sorry. Okay? Go ahead. So, so we, we look at holiness or God's command to be holy, and this is why it becomes burdensome. I think we look at it, we don't understand the reward behind it. We don't understand why. What's the why? Like, we, all of our behavior, all of our action, God created us in a logical way that all of our behavior has a motivation behind it. There's got to be a why. If I don't know why I'm doing something, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have the motivation to do it. I'm not going to want to do it. I'm not going to have any desire to do it. So why be holy? Right? I mean, and that's part of, part of the question that, that we were wrestling with uh, before we hit record. Right? Uh, was why be holy? And, and here's, here's what I'd propose. Here's what I believe I see is that the underlining reason for our holiness is that we would have more joy in God, is that we would experience more joy in him. Uh, and where do I get that? Well, I, first, I mean, yeah, you read Romans 8, right? So what we see is God has determined that he would predestine men and women to himself to conform us to the image of his son. That, that's part of our salvation. We can't, we can't deny that. Uh, uh, we have to see that and understand that our glorification is being molded, being, being recreated into his image. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost the Genesis account, Genesis account all over again. We are, we are being made into his image. But for what purpose? What's our purpose or what's our why in that? And, and part of what, what I see in, in Scripture and, and I want to point just a few, few of these places out. Uh, Jesus in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are those uh, who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. So we're, we're blessed, those who are pure, those who are, who are holy. Now, no, that's not the word used there, but it's the same idea, this purity of heart and intent. There's this holiness, and what's the reward? They're going to see God. They're going to be in the presence of God. They're going to, it's a face-to-face right, yeah. communication. It's a face-to-face uh, fullness of, of seeing and knowing God. Like That's the reward for, for, yeah. for purity, for, for holiness. Um, uh, why is that important? Uh, well, that's, that's the reason for which we were made. I think you see in Genesis, God created man and woman. He created us in his image. Uh, you see a pattern of God walking, of being with his, his created 
uh, beings whom he created in his image. He created us for a relationship with him. He created us to know him. I mean, that, that's constant throughout the gospel message. In fact, that's the reason for the gospel message, right? Christ died for us in order to do what? To bring us to God, right? right? Yeah. So there's this whole purpose in all of salvation is to draw us back into his presence. So why be holy? And, and I guess part of, part of what has been pressed upon me, which I, I believe, is we are called to be holy so that we may see him, so that we may know him, so that we may enjoy him. In fact, Psalm 1611, you make known to me the paths of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So drawing us into the presence of God, like that's that, in fact, that's even in, in Exodus, right? Be holy for what? I am for holy. I am holy. If, if darkness cannot dwell with light, there's this sense in which we're called to be holy, to be in his presence. Right. To, to, to know him, to enjoy him, uh, so that we would have joy. Um, and, 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 and the reason it's not burdensome is because his spirit yeah. dwells within us. Yes. So yeah. I think... I think you're right. We, we often look at commands like these are what I have to do or, you know, for, for multiple uh, motives and motives there. But what we need to see is that we now live this way because yeah. the spirit is in us, giving us new desires that mm-hmm. we would live like him. He's conforming us yeah. into the very image of Christ. So when we speak of holiness, we're, we're not speaking of doing something necessarily alien to us once we're Christians, because now the Spirit dwells within us, and He's making us into the very image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, so let's go back. So, it, can, can you be a Christian? So, you said something a while ago, if I can remember how... <laughs> Uh, something along the lines like we, we don't earn our salvation through holiness and we don't keep our salvation through holiness. But do we keep our salvation by holiness? Like I, keep yourselves in the faith? So, so I would say... Like, you know, so the reason I press on this is... is is let, let's let's try to figure out is this optional is this not optional like like what if i say i i don't want to obey these certain commands in scripture like yeah. loving yep. my neighbor and yep. and and uh you know forgiving one another and doing these things well i don't want to do that yep i don't want to read the bible i don't want to gather with the church well don't worry you know you're saved uh and you don't need to do anything to, to be saved, and you don't need to do anything to stay saved. So that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Well, because, because salvation is wholly a work of God. Right. Right? It's, it's in fact, it's um, by grace, through faith, as we read in Ephesians 2, and your faith is, is a gift from God. So it's, it's wholly the work of God. Yeah. But salvation produces fruit. Uh. It produces uh, a desire for God. It produces love. It produces joy. It produces uh, the, the, the spirit in you is going to produce fruit. Right. 
that's that's and and that is in keeping with repentance. Yeah. And so I mean, there is this this transformation that happens in the believer and those who have faith and those who have come to salvation where they become to reflect the image of God because they're being transformed by God. And this is 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the, beholding, uh, the glory of God and we're, we're talking about specifically Jesus here, we're beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into that same image. Right. So it, it literally says, the same image. In verse 17, it talks about when one turns to the Lord, who is Jesus, right? They're saved. But we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So we see this as a process. But what we see is that transformation is happening as we are beholding, as we are seeing, as we are pursuing, as we are opening the word, as we are looking to Jesus, as we are praying, as we are developing uh, spiritual, godly, holy habits in him. Uh, but, but I would say that, that we, we do it for our joy, that the, right. the one who is saved, the one who is a true disciple, is pursuing Jesus because they have found more joy in him than in any, anything anywhere else. Like they would say with the psalmist, you've given me more joy than when their wine and grain abound. Right. Uh, Jesus' parable uh, about uh, the man who found a treasure in a field. He, he, he found it, he dug it up, and in his joy, he sold, he sold it all. He, he it. sold yeah. it all. And so I, I, I want to say... That our pursuit, the reason why we pursue holiness, the reason why we're Christians, right, is if, if it settles down to me is that I have more joy in Christ than I have in anything, anything else. And if I take more joy in anything else, I'm not a Christian. Well, you got to be careful on that, though, too. Because oftentimes that's the battle we have, right? So, like so, on a regular daily basis, yes, I push on that totally because I'm thinking of the person listening to this going, oh, "Yeah, well, I don't know." Sometimes I, I I battle for this and this. That is the constant battle Absolutely. that we're in. That's that's the um, fight. That's the fight of faith in our heart, right? right? What are we going to take more joy in? That's that's our flesh. That's that the battle on a regular basis. Totally. But and, I I would push. Do it. So I, I do agree it. on what you said, but I think you. You, you went back to your argument instead of answering the question. Okay. So you went back and, and restated you believe that God saves us for, for his glory and our joy. Yes. But my question was um, how necessary really is this holiness then? Because oh, you said uh, we don't earn our salvation through holiness and we don't, no. we don't need to, through checking boxes, we don't maintain our salvation but I would press back on any type of misconception of that and say, whoever does not pursue holiness, whoever thinks sanctification is optional, is not saved. So we do pursue holiness as we do pursue holiness um, as a Christian because it's not optional. And the means in which we do that, the means in which we obey God is, is grace given to us each day. God gives us grace that we would obey him. Yeah. Um, because I think of like, like in Hebrews three, 
uh, you have the writer, and he says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any, any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So yeah. he's exhorting them towards obedience. If they do not obey, if they do not follow God, then they will fall away. Um, or in Ephesians 5, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 5, where he says, uh, you, ought to be, you ought to be mature right now. Uh, but he says, basically, you have not matured. He says, for everyone who lives... Um, he says, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid milk yeah. is for the mature. Um, right after this, so he, he exhorts him. He says, look, you're not growing to maturity. You're actually staying immature. And then right after this, we get into that pretty hard passage, but also a pretty clear passage that there are those who do not continue to follow Christ that it appears that they knew him, but they fall away from him. And it says, and uh, it is impossible in case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness of his word and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. So I think I totally agree with you. There are people who look at holiness and they say, look, maybe we have to do all these things to be saved. Well, that's wrong. And if we think that in our yeah. own effort, in our own power, we do them to stay saved, that would be wrong. But we do realize that in Scripture, we are commanded to obey. If we do not obey God, if we do not bear fruit, then we are not of God. But, and here's the, that, that part that we must understand, the reason which we obey, the means in which we obey is the Spirit who is in us empowering us. Going back to that Philippians, you want to do that one? Philippians 2, is that 13 and 14? For God who works in us both uh, to yes. will With and to, to work yep. for his good pleasure. Yes. So the only way we do yeah. these commands, the only way we pursue Christ to, to I would say, to, to necessarily obey God is through his grace that he gives us. And so we cannot look at it as optional um, as if, well, you know, I know I'm saved. It doesn't really matter if I do this or that. And, and I think what you hit on is, is really important. What we need to see is as we obey God, as we pursue Christ, I mean, there is a battle. It's a battle of desires. But as we do that, there is greater and greater joy because we're seeing God more and more and more. We're better understanding his character, uh, his nature, his love, his compassion, his justice, his wrath. We're seeing all that more as we do obey him. So are you agreeing with me or disagreeing with me? I can't tell. I agree. <laughs> well, what, I'm nuancing. Okay. So because I'm because what you had said, well, you didn't say it wrong, but if, if we're not careful, I think we could misunderstand. Okay. I'm going to nuance back. Perfect. Great. Um, so here's, uh, just go back to the Hebrews 3. Passage, yes. Right. Take care, brothers, lest there be in you, in any of you, an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. Okay. So, I mean, he's he's going down to the heart level. I mean, the heart is what the Hebrew heart, mind, will, desire. It's all of it. It's desires. Yeah. Like so. So, where is your heart? Where is your desire? Take care, lest your desire, that which you're pursuing, that which is 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 de determining the actions of your body is evil and unbelieving. Right. And that's what's going to, it's going to lead you to fall away. So you're pursuing, let me just say this, you're pursuing 
pleasures that you're finding greater than God. Because right. if you pursue it, that, and that would be is, is what joy. he calls the deceitfulness of sin. Yes. So if, if you're being led away being from led God, away from so, that. so play that out. What, so, what is that? A Sunday morning, some guy comes in and he says, I'm struggling well, with. Well, here's, here's my point. Okay. Here's my point. My point is, if you're pursuing your greatest joy in God, holiness is a natural outcome. It's the natural it is, it is and the, the necessary. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, so I wouldn't disagree at all that holiness is necessary. In fact, uh, well, I think it's Peter that says, uh, there is a holiness without which you will not yeah, see it's God. Good. I, think, I think Kevin DeYoung, I need he to find said that. something, maybe in his Hole in Our Holiness book. Kevin DeYoung's good. I, I enjoy, man, really almost everything that guy says. I really, really do appreciate I think it was. Did, like, have you hugged him? What's that? Have you hugged him yet? <sighs> no. <laughs> You're on my hit list, Kevin. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show up at his church one day and be like, "Hey, I need a hug." Ah, uh, so no. Well, hey, hold on. so he said, "No, no one gets glorified without sanctified." Yeah. So there's a lot of times yeah. what we have done and and rightly have done. We've associated justification and glorification together. Those who are justified are glorified. That's what Hebrews 8 does, right? It talks about those who are justified um, are glorified. It doesn't mention sanctification in between justification and glorification. But we go back and we read, wait a minute. All those whom have been predestined have been predestined to be made into the image of God. And we read all throughout Scripture, like in 1 Thessalonians, God's will is for our sanctification. So in our life right now, we are to be pursuing Christ. So it is the, I would say, like what you said, it's the natural outworking of the Spirit, but don't think natural means no work involved no, either. not at all. It is, these, it is also the, the intentional killing yes. of sin, yes. the pursuing of Christ. Yes, um, yes. and so, so back to, it's actually Hebrews twelve fourteen. make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Yeah. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Okay, now that's like so, we need to wrestle with that. Totally, and 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 so my my proposition is not in any way an antithesis or against the pursuit of holiness. What I'm saying is that it is the driver of holiness. Right. It is, it is the means by which it, we're going to pursue holiness, I believe, in a more biblical fashion that I pursue holiness because I know that in my pursuit of holiness is my greatest joy. So let, let's, let's break this down. Let's, let's, let's flesh it out a little bit. So you got a guy, he comes in, he struggles with pornography. Why does he struggle with pornography? Because he's finding a joy. There's a joy. There's an immediate, he's we go back to that happiness yeah. that you can we, and I'll say as, as guys, every guy is going to struggle with porn. Every guy does. Um, we're going to struggle with porn because it promises us a, a level of happiness. And, and we do it because it meets a fleshly desires of ours. Now, C.S. Lewis does an amazing job in, in one of his books. <laughs> one that he will reference later on what, our website. What a, what a good way to reference his, <laughs> in one of his books. Um, but he says something along the lines of the way we combat 
our sinful desires is with a greater desire. Yeah. So how is the guy in our, in our pew? Yeah. Oh, you don't have pews. I don't have pews either. Uh, pews are weird. They're a little creaky. All right. Anyways, the way that we're going to help them overcome their desire for porn is by giving them a greater yes. desire. The way they, that desire, of course, is Christ. How do we do it? Through God's word, helping them understand who yeah. Jesus is, what he set so, them free, so they would understand that in Jesus, there is much greater joy yeah. and life and much more eternal because, uh, on, honestly, porn, what does it do? It promises 30 seconds, 20 seconds of satisfaction, right? And you have to keep coming back to it. But Christ is that eternal fountain of satisfaction yeah. that dwells within us that we will have for all time. So, so part of it is we, ev everything that we respond, the stimulus enters our body, right? And, and mostly through our eyes. In fact, Jesus said, right, if darkness, if, it, if where was it? Doggone it. I'm, I'm forgetting it. I need to look it up too. Um, somewhere in the somewhere Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. Gosh, that's horrible to say. Uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, well, Matthew 6, what he talks, is it Matthew Matthew's. 6 where he talks about Eyes. if your eye causes you yes. to sin, gouge it out? Yeah, and if your eye is dark, then how great is that darkness? Yeah. The eye is the light. There it is. The eye is the light of the body. Yeah. And if the eye is in darkness, how great is that darkness? I mean, your whole body is dark. So what you see, what you behold, what you perceive, the input that you're getting, if that's, if that's where you're going, because that's where you're going for joy, that's going to determine. Right. That's going to determine where your joy is, or, or that's, that's where, that's going to show, it's going to reveal where your heart is. Which I would then so, say, like, oh, go ahead, sorry. So well, we'll just go back excited. to, go, yeah, I know. <laughs> go back to just what you were saying about uh, the guy with porn, for example. And I would say, yeah, every guy struggles with lust. I would even say every, every person is sexually broken. Every person, save Jesus, on this planet is sexually broken, has ill, wrong desires. Um, John Piper in, in the book Future Grace reiterates that point. In fact, if, 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 I, if I, something, if you're struggling with porn or lust or your heart uh, for faith or doubt or anxiety, man, let me just exhort future grace to you. But That's he, a good book. One of my favorite books I've ever oh, read. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. But he, yeah, he takes that and he's saying the only way to fight sin is to fight it with a greater joy. Yeah, because sin promises us joy. Because sin promises joy, but it, it doesn't deliver longer lasting fuller anything and yeah. and so so you're asking me so how do we we have to give them a greater desire a greater joy in that's Christ. our job as pastors that's our job as christians so so here's the thing is we yeah. can't fabricate that right we can't we can't just create it and put it in them all we can do is pull back the curtain and do our best to show people Christ. Right. That's why we preach expository preaching at our churches. That's why we open That's why the we encourage word. the reading of the Bible. That's why yeah. we encourage the reading of the Bible. Like we, our aim, every, my aim every morning, Sunday, right, is, is that I will pull back the curtain on the glory, the beauty, the majesty, the wonder, good, the yeah. power, the holiness of God in Christ through his word. That is, that is the aim because it's the Holy Spirit that does the changing of hearts. That's I good. can't change the heart. All I want to do is show light. If, I, if, if we can pull back the curtain and let the light of God shine through, his holiness, his goodness, 
he then acts on the heart. Which he let's encourage our people right then. Like, yeah, when you're evangelizing, when you're counseling, and I mean counseling as talking to other people who say, hey, I'm struggling with my marriage or whatever it is. Uh, our job right then is to help them behold God. Yes. Our job is to, to reveal to them yeah. the character of God. And so porn is a great illustration, but, but really it's all things. We can find joy in our work. We can find joy in our kids. We can find joy yes. in our spouse. Yeah. And, and let's be clear. There's a level of joy we should find in, in many are, of those there's things. There's good things. There's but good when things. we make those our highest joys, yes. the, the things that give us meaning, the things that yeah. drive us, like it doesn't matter what it is, it will fail to, to give you satisfaction. Yeah. Um, what was it? In Matthew 5, it says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be yes. satisfied. Yes. It's only in Christ. And so one of the things that we need to do as Christians is to navigate our hearts and to help others navigate their hearts. So yeah. when we're struggling with things, why are we struggling? What are we doubting in God? Because we're probably doubting his goodness. We're probably doubting his grace. We're probably dividing, uh, doubting his, uh, mm-hmm. his, his goodness, his grace, his, his greatness, his, his glory. glory. Those are all four Gs, by the yes. way, um, by Tim Chester yes. uh, in his book, How People, no, not How People, but Tim Chester, We'll put it on the It's website. a book. That's actually a fabulous <laughs> book where he does these four Gs. And he says, man, it's when you doubt these yeah. that you're moving into sin. And of course, you yeah. come up with a more yeah. comprehensive list. But when we're doubting God, we're trying to find joy somewhere else. So what we need to do is go, wait a minute. Why am I pursuing this? What am I hoping it will give me? And then seeing that ultimately, whatever that is, it won't satisfy you. Like your spouse if we think that our spouse is who's going to eternally satisfy us and we have oh, all meaning, then when we come <laughs> home and she's mad at us or we disappoint her yeah. or, or, or just through like illness, death, yeah. like at that moment, then no longer is she able to, to meet th- that desire that we've placed upon her. Only Christ can fully satisfy us. That's what he saves us for, that we'd see him, that we'd know him. And it's through holiness that so, we experience it. And so, and so go back to answering your question because you, you were nuancing. You were yeah. asking if, I, if what I was saying was that holiness isn't required. I said, and no, it is required, but, but I think it's, what I'm saying is I, it's more of an outcome. Yes. It's more of an but outcome. But we just can't see it. So It's an outcome of our pursuit of Christ. It's and an we need to see it as salvation. a necessary outcome. That we have to work for. Because I think as Christians, I think a lot of people, when they hear you say so, that, they're going to go, well, then if God really wants me to do it, then he'll work it out in me. You know, like, like, like some line like that, like, if God wants me to love that person, he'll make me love them. So, well, so, he does want you to love them, which is why he told you, love, love them. them. Yeah. So it's not, here's the thing, I think that's, that's a fallacy anyway. Totally. Just, just to say, well, if God's going to do this, no, his, his command is here. His command it's, is the it's means. clear. In which he's it's telling you clear. to go do this. So here's yeah. what I still wouldn't say, though. I still, I still wouldn't say, uh, or I wouldn't say it the way you said it. Uh-oh. How would I say it again? I'm trying to recall. Um, Holiness is necessary? Uh, I would say, yes, it's necessary. Uh, but but as, a, as a work, because it, the, the nuance that I would say 
Yeah. The nuance that I would say is that we are not being completed by works. We're not being sanctified by works. We're being changed into his image by beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what I see in 2 Corinthians 3.18. That we all with unveiled face, yeah. beholding the glory of God, beholding how beauty he, beautiful he is, beholding how, how majestic he is. Behold, I mean, it is, it is a passive. And if you look at that, it's passive. Like it's being done to us that we are being transformed into his image. Right. Now, does that mean, here's, here's the thing is, you know, we, we try to divide or we, we try to be as clear as we possibly can and, and say it's either A or B when really it's yes. Both. It's, it's yes, it's both or, or, or however. Or, or there's even a third, a third way. We just don't know it or see it. What I believe I see is God is the one who is both responsible for my salvation and my sanctification, and yet I'm called to work it out in fear and trembling. Right. Well, that's the whole... Going back to Jude, which we've referenced before, is keep yourselves in the love of God. So we are commanded to keep ourselves in the love of God. Of course, mm-hmm. the ultimate means of our keeping is God's grace. Yes. But our keeping ourselves in the love of God is through the pursuit of holiness. And so the means in which we keep ourselves, so this is where I, the means in which we stay saved is through holiness. Yeah. Now, the ultimate means is through God's grace who enables our holiness. See, and, so, and I would nuance that, and I would say the means, the, the reason why I pursue God is totally. for my joy. Well, but I, I think that, that would go right into there. But to keep ourselves in the love of God, literally, I mean, we could just say it differently, is keep, keep yourself saved. How do you do that? By pursuing holiness, which is the pursuit would, of our own joy, and I would right? say, And I would say, so... Again, yeah, so I, I would elevate joy over holiness. And I would say when you pursue your joy in God, you are pursuing holiness. See, I, I, think, I, th- I don't know if you could, I don't know. I'd have a hard time separating because holiness is being devoted to God. It's being made yes. into his image. Yes. So holiness and joy go hand in hand. I, absolutely. I don't, yeah, all right. Those are hard to put one over the other. <laughs> But, and, and, and that's we can, it. We can arm wrestle over that later. We can. Was that, oh, that was last podcast we yeah, talked about re- arm yep. wrestling. Yep. Um, so I guess what we want to do is, is for the church member, is for them to realize when you come into God's word and you read the commands of scripture, it's for yeah. your joy. Yes. It's for your good. Yeah. God is not oppressing you. He's not trying to take away freedom. He's mm-hmm. trying to maximize your freedom as he leads you to himself, yeah. as he's helping you better understand his character, his nature, and his and, goodness for you in Jesus Christ. And my whole, everything that I'm saying, I mean, I, I would sum it up in this statement, is that your pursuit of holiness is your pursuit of joy. Yeah. It is. And so, so when we say read the Bible, when we say, you know, gathering with the church, man, it's important. We're not making those things up or 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 trying to create those as optional things in the Christian life. We shouldn't see those as optional. We should see those as necessary means in which we do. We grow in God's grace and his yeah. glory um, and, and increase our joy. Uh, yeah. Holiness, it's good. 
Yes. Amen. Um, yeah. I, so we're going to put some resources. Uh, we'll probably put uh, some of our favorite books on holiness um, on on the website mm-hmm. on satisfied. Mm-hmm. Dot, www. on our website. Yeah. We'll throw some books up there that like Future Grace, Hole in Our Holiness, um, Devoted to God by Sinclair Ferguson. That was really good. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now by Sinclair Ferguson. It's called Maturity. And it's about him encouraging as Christians that we are called for maturity yeah. and what that looks like. So it's, it's, it's been really good. I like it. Awesome. And we'll throw up a whole list of other resources on there and uh, something Bobby's favorite ice cream. <laughs> Utterly chocolate. Utterly chocolate? Is that like a flavor? Utterly? Yeah. It used to be brown cow. Where do you get utterly chocolate from? Utterly chocolate. Well, just the store. Is that like Safeway? It's Tillamook ice cream. Ooh, Tillamook is good stuff. Tillamook is really good stuff. It used to be brown cow. Now it's utterly U-D-D-E-R-L-Y. Oh, look. I see what they did there. see what they did. All right. You want to pray us out? I'll pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, um, uh, truly, there is no greater joy than to know you. And truly, Lord, there, it is good, it is good to walk in your way. It's good uh, to be holy, Lord, as you are holy. And that's our aim, that's our pursuit, that's our desire. Lord, would you uh, press upon us as your people, as your church, a desire to know you, a desire to love you, a desire to rejoice in you. Lord, and to be holy, to be set apart, to be sanctified, uh, to be a people, Lord, um, that is salt and light, and that the world would see and know that they would taste and see that you are good. So, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, work in the hearts and the minds of your people, and that you would use our discussion as um, floundering as it may be at times, Lord, for the benefit of your people. Amen. You've been listening to Satisfied in Christ, and uh, you can find our resources at satisfiedinchrist.life. Please leave a comment.